Everybody Walk the Dinosaur. It's episode 11, season 3 of Ravage Love. We're back from hiatus. Hi, Julie. We're back. Hi, Renee. How are you? So okay. So okay. <laughs> How are you? I am great. I am busy with work. It is finally turning into summer-ish, late spring weather here in Ottawa, where I'm based. And I got my first dose of the motherfucking vaccine. Yes. Now, How did that go for you? So good. I got Pfizer. I uh, dressed up to the nines for my appointment. I literally wore like a pinup dress. I curled my hair. I wore some uh, Christian Louboutin heels. I like went the fuck out. Everyone else there was in sweatpants, so yeah. definitely felt like Bridget Jones. Yeah. But I was very emotional, I have to say. I like started tearing up when the needle oh. went in. I was like, oh my God, I am almost there. Yeah, it's been a long year. So yeah, I'm like halfway to uh hot back summer. And yes. I am pumped that we are back on the old airwaves. Well, me too. Me too. It was nice to have something to read that wasn't like murder mysteries. Although, you know, I love murder mysteries. Let's be real. Yeah. Or like school essays and stuff. Yeah. Because you have to like write essays and read stuff for school. So yeah, it's nice to read. And this week, (laughs) we picked a real juicy theme. I'm so glad we're coming back in hot with dinosaurs. Coming in hot with dinosaurs, everybody. Yes. Renee was like, do you want to do dinosaurs? And I said, fuck yeah, I do. So (laughs) big shout out to Kat, who is a huge fan of the show. And also the only human being I know that can recite all of Jurassic Park from memory. So she'll be very excited. This is going to be a great little surprise for Kat. Oh, this this is dedicated to Kat then. Perfect. Who always sends me literally like just a million little videos with animals in it. And she sent me um, a birthday card. I I know. How sweet was that? Yeah. Lovely. So much. Yeah. So I'm glad we're coming back with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. And because of our reality. So when we started this show, we were so innocent and so innocent <laughs> so innocent and pure and we're like we're gonna read romance we're gonna drop episodes every friday then we realized we also want to do some erotica so we sort of expanded there yeah and then for those of you that are not familiar with what's going on in canada renee lives in alberta i live in ontario we are the two worst hit provinces mm-hmm. with the cocoa Hola. i'm still under lockdown we've been under lockdown since the beginning of april in ontario your life is now in complete upheaval because your kidlets are now doing school from home. Yes. So we've had to move our schedule around of when we're going to be dropping episodes. So we're back and you will get an episode once a week. It'll probably be a Monday or a Tuesday, but basically until the end of the school year, you're just going to be have to get what you get, people, because we're doing the best we can. <laughs> yeah, we're in a lot of ways living our own personal versions of hell. I, I mean, I am. <laughs> I am. So, um, yeah, you get it when you get it. 
<laughs> Thank you, listeners. We love you so much. We love you so much. Events. Please support us. Go and like us on social media. <laughs> we are nothing without you. <laughs> so you've been, um, you, what have you been doing? We, we, we saw each other when I came to Ontario. We had a yes. long visit. Yes, we hung out in the front lawn of your mother's house, obeying yeah. all of the cocoa rules. Mm-hmm. I have been very busy with a really exciting project that I appreciate you giving me the nudge to talk about on the old potty because I am running a program called We Stand Up, which is a collaboration between Hollaback and the Hollaback Network and L'Oréal Paris. Yes, the Ooh, big major mind. international makeup brand. That I, one? That the very same. That L'Oréal? Okay. L'Oréal, yeah. So two years ago, I got to pilot this project in Paris. It was remarkable. And it was supposed to launch in across the world last year. The pandemic happened. Everything was on hold. So it launched in the U.S. last year. It launched in Canada this year. I am running this program. And they are free one-hour interactive webinars to learn bison or intervention skills. They're available in English et en français. My goal is to train 5,000 Canadians in a month. I've already trained 2,000 people. So I've been busy, but it's been so good. And on a serious note, I like I've been teaching this work for close to 20 years and Mm -hmm. I have never seen the level of interest that I'm seeing right now. And I think it's because of the pandemic. And I think people are really thinking about like, what does it mean? I think people are just really recognizing the importance of being part of community and how isolated Mm -hmm. we feel stuck in our houses and how it's given a lot of really privileged people some insight into how a lot of other people feel. You know, like there's a lot of people who left their houses without thinking twice for their entire lives and now are nervous when they leave their house. And do I have my mask? And, you know, what if happens if I run into someone? And there's a lot of women, people of color, trans people, genderqueer people, people with disabilities who felt anxious leaving their house long before the cocoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just given people insight into like, yeah, street harassment is nasty. And even if it, you think, oh, it's just a cat call, like it's still making that person feel uncomfortable. And, you know, people are getting followed and stalked and groped and leered at and all kinds of nasty stuff that's been going on for years. But I think it's been a real wake up call for a lot of privileged people. So not only am I seeing a lot of interest in the training, which is amazing, but from people that are not coming out to our workshops in person, you know, like they're not coming out to feminist events. You're not going to see them at Take Back the Night. But this moment in time has really made them think like, oh, damn, like, what is my responsibility and who do I want to be in the quote unquote new normal? What do I want community to look like in the no normal? So it's been great. So, I mean, if folks are interested, get in touch, DM us, email us. I can, you know, send you the schedule. I'm doing two English and two French trainings per month that absolutely anyone can sign up as an individual and if you want me to come directly to your workplace, your team, your cl- I'm training a fantasy football team. I'm doing work with girl guides. <laughs> like, it's great. Like, if you want me to come directly to your team and find, you know, a time that works for you and your schedule, it's free. And, like, I cannot emphasize enough how this is such a unique opportunity. To get free training mm-hmm. It's impossible. It doesn't exist. But the Coco is making it happen. So. That's my plug for We Stand Up. And if you want to learn bystander intervention for free with me in an hour, it's interactive as hell, but your cameras and microphones are never turned on. So you won't get Zoom fatigue, I assure you. 
then yeah. uh, get in touch. That's what I've been up to. I've been doing like two to three mm. workshops a day. Yeah, so, we'll link. We'll put that in our link um, on Instagram so people can go right there. Right I love there. it. Thank you. And have you had any like celebrities sign up for your class at all? Um, that yeah, you t- that you can share. That you can share. Yeah. So in terms of who's like tweeted out that they're a big fan and they're going to be participating, um, George Stompalopoulos. Oh, uh, Jonathan Torrens. Oh, yes. My little peanut J-Rock. Um, Jeremy Taggart, who also is the co-host of the Taggart and Torrens podcast. Ian Mendez took the training. He's a big sportscaster in Canada. Jamie Campbell. And in terms of spokespeople. Mm, um, Tell me. I don't know. Like, you might be familiar with her. Her name is Silenzio. I don't know if you've heard of her. I don't know if you've heard of a woman named Helen Mirren. Oh, um, aren't you my Helen Mirren? Oh, oh I sure am. Helen Mirren of the show? <laughs> I really am. Eva Longoria, uh, mm. the man whose name I can never pronounce because it's super Eastern European, but he plays Jamie Lannister in uh, Game of Thrones. That's smoke Ooh. show of a man. Yeah. They have all taken the training and uh, have endorsed it. Our 5D, uh, which is what we call the 5Ds of intervention. So yeah, all of them just holding up a little that little hand with a little D on it, just like you know, casual. Definitely didn't have a meltdown when I found out that I was working for a campaign that was endorsed by the Cinzio. I mean, I was very Ugh. chill about it. So uh, chill, I remember. I don't. I'm never. <laughs> have never been starstruck. I am the chillest person you've ever met. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's what I've been up to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm. You know what I called my mom to tell her that <laughs> Celine was a spokesperson for this but I said it like mama mama <laughs> Julie's working with Celine I was like Julie's working with Celine she's like oh my god I was like Celine I didn't I didn't need to tell her anything she didn't want to know anything else she, she literally was just like, just like, say no more. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of like, we made it, baby. We made it. Like, <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's truly the crowning achievement of my entire existence. And yeah, nothing else that you have ever done matters. But um, I, yeah, JK. 100%. No, 100%. I'm a French Canadian femme from Northern Ontario teaching a feminist program endorsed by Sinenzion. This is, I've peaked. It is all mm-hmm. downhill from here. Uh, mm-hmm. But I will take it. I will take it to the grave, in fact. So um. yeah. That's what we've been up to. That's what I've been up to anyway. Yeah. And oh I have to say in terms of, you know, I'm so, I'm so glad we're back on the air, but it's been mm-hmm. very funny because it sounds like you got the same feedback, which was people were super bummed that we were taking a few weeks off because we just had so much going on in our personal lives. But goddamn, we left people on a high note with our <laughs> filthy nun stories. And yeah. I'm, I'm delighted. Yeah. I'm delighted oh that we gosh. gave people that special dream. <laughs> <laughs> we gave them what they want. Yeah, I actually had a friend who's like a um, religious historian scholar. And she was like, girl, what's the name of your show again? I have somebody in my life who's like going to love it. And I was like, it's called this. And I was like, we actually just covered nuns. And she's like, oh, have you heard about this nun? And sent me a whole story about this crazy like nun cult of lesbians from the Middle Ages. And like... I have a whole thing to read and I will tell you everything when I know everything, but it's wacky. It is, oh my God. St- tell me everything. We got, we got stigmata. We got lesbians. Oh, we got a cult. Yeah. We got a woman pretending to be a saint. Like it's so juicy. Like nothing 
in modern history compares to this story, um, which leads me into what I'm up to these days, which is I'm back to watching The Handmaid's Tale. So I gave up on it because it was heavy. It's so fucking dark. Jesus Christ. The fucking episode where they play the Kate Bush song, Woman's Work, I was done. That was it. It was over for me. I could not do it anymore. But after watching Schitt's Creek about five times all the way through, Julie, (laughs) I needed something else to do with my time. So I am watching Handmaid's Tale. But here's the thing. Um, you know, my trip to Ontario was difficult. My mother has cancer and it was, it was sad. And now that I'm homeschooling my children again, which is my version of how I am off the wagon. And last night after I dropped my kids off, I was like, you know what? This is my summer. This is my summer. And so I sat down at eight o'clock at night and I just drank white claws all night. And, um, in my, I was watching, I watched um, Handmaid's Tale from 8 p.m. until 3.30 a.m. last night. And as I was doing that, sipping my little white claws, I had a little pizza. It was good. Um, I came up with a sketch idea. And then I guess at like 2.30 in the morning. And then I just kept writing notes about the show and ideas I had about the show. And I didn't really think, I, I didn't really think about it. But I, I came back to it today and I was like, oh. I need to share these. So this is what I wrote after five white claws last <laughs> night at 2.30, between 2.30 a.m. and 3.30 a.m. So I'm gonna, here's my sketch Lock idea. up. Yeah. Because, um, you know, okay, so every time Offred, I'm going to call her Offred. I know her name is June. I know right now she's of Joseph. Who cares? Offred. You know, y'all know Offred. So we all know Offred. Offred, every, t- every time she goes into a room where there's a bunch of men, they find a way to, like, belittle her. And then she always goes to leave, but she stops in the doorway. And she's, like, looking at the camera. Like, she's not, like, she's she's taking it to survive, but she's not happy, right? Mm-hmm. So here's my sketch idea. <clears throat> every time Offred leaves a room where men are being misogynist and belittling her, she crop dusts the room and walks the fuck away. And the commanders <laughs> say nothing because they don't actually believe women can fart. Um, and I say that because my uncle didn't believe that women could fart for 20 years of his marriage. True story. Uh, what? Also a religious man. He didn't believe women farted. So that's a sketch born of true life. True life. Mm-hmm. And then here I made another note. Jesus I wrote Christ. True story. But wouldn't that be a great sketch? Like, wouldn't it? Oh, 100%. I'm just, I'm picturing um, A.D. Bryant in particular. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Some Kate McKinnon. I'm going full Mm -hmm. SNL digital short. That would be fucking incredible. Yes. Hit me. Okay. Then I made this note that said, (laughs) I can't stop watching Handmaid's Tale. I love that my best friend has a feud with Margaret Atwood. Folks who don't know, that's a true story. That's, that's a, true a true story. I, me and Margaret yeah. Atwood have legit publicly feuded. That is a true story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote a fanfic idea. So I'm, I've just moved into season three. And this, you know what? If if you've watched the show, this is going to be great. But if you haven't watched the show, like it doesn't make sense. So just skip ahead. So <laughs> fanfic idea. Serena, have you watched the show? Do you finish the yes, show? Yes, I... I watched a little bit of season one, but I everyone I know was obsessed, so I feel like I'm caught up, even though I don't watch it. Oh, so do you know what's do you know what happened to Serena's hand? No. Okay, I'm spoiler. Listen, Serena reads a Bible in front of a bunch of men 
to try and be like, you need to let our children learn how to read. And they cut off her pinky finger. And that is the beginning. Yeah, it's the beginning of the end of um, mean Serena. Let me tell you, she becomes reborn and becomes a fucking badass. So here's my fanfic idea. Hear it. Serena and Offer together, queer as fuck, as they burn Gilead to the ground and have like 10 kids because Serena really wants kids um, and a bunch of dogs and a greenhouse because yeah and then they commandeer a spaceship daughters of a coral dawn serena likes to fist june that those that was my note from last night (laughs) i think this is solid gold i don't know why um snl is not calling you i don't know why you're not being uh that the script is not being auctioned because it's because i'm on retainer with baroness von sketch you know that oh that's true that is true that is true um Speaking of your uncle not believing women can fart, yeah. before we start I knew talking we would, about- I knew we would stay on that. Yeah. Okay, I was like, before we go to talk about people who fuck dinosaurs, which is literally what happened in my book mm-hmm. this week, can I just tell you one of my favorite stories about a man's complete and total ignorance of the woman's body? Yes, please do. And then I have two more notes and then I'm done. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done with your notes. No, I, I wrote notes for an hour last night. Keep going with your notes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. We'll circle back okay. to my fucking hilarious dude. Okay, so other thing- um. If you watch the show, you know, June is like constantly asking for things and you're like, girl. So I just wrote, oh, my God, June, read the fucking room. It's 3 a.m. So I guess I wrote this at 3 (laughs) a.m. Also, um, Emily, who is of Glenn in the show, she you haven't watched. I'm going to spoil everything. I don't care. Um, You've had time to watch. I've also never going to watch it (laughs) because it's too much of a bummer. Well, listen, Emily of Glenn stabs Aunt Lydia pushes her down the stairs and kicks her and you Ooh. to death you think she's dead she's not dead but then later there's a like a parade and aunt lydia has a little scooter, <laughs> a little scooter. and so i wrote omg aunt lydia and her fucking scooter toot toot motherfuckers that's what i wrote <laughs> um and then my last note um is they're checking them for weapons but they forget they've all had a bunch of babies and can hide a tank in their vaginal canals i would know and that was my last note before i went to bed at 3 30 a.m last night and i didn't i didn't know about any of these until right before the show so i um i thought they were fun i thought they were a little colorful because i know our audience and i yeah. i bet our audience has watched oh 100 tale. yeah 100 percent. yeah mm-hmm. so please let's go back to this this farting i need to <laughs> yeah it's really not i mean it, it amuses me deeply um <laughs> but this is a true story that was told to me by a very serious academic who uh, doesn't fuck around. So this is a true thing. So she's a professor. <laughs> okay. And on the campus, and I won't say what campus she worked at, but on the campus, a Canadian campus, there was a, um, co- I'm assuming most residences are co-ed, but I guess this campus also had, you could choose like gender segregated or a co-ed residence. Mm-hmm. And a born and raised in Canada. This is important for people, like, because every time I told this story, people are like, well, was he from somewhere? No, this man was born and raised in Canada, but in some sort of fundamentalist, hardcore Christian upbringing. Uh-oh. He was originally, he didn't, I guess he didn't check a box when he set up his forms in for residence. So they put him in the mixed gender space. And he said that he wanted to be moved. And when they asked him why, he said... Because women always fuck up the plumbing. And when they were, no. when they inquired as to what he meant by that, 
this motherfucker thought women dropped eggs, Renee. He legitimately believed that when women drop an egg every month, that they're full on fucking chickens and that they, I don't know, just plop it in the toilet and then it clogs up the toilet. Isn't that silly? Full on. He didn't think they clogged the toilet because they put tampons on the toilet. No, no. This motherfucker truly believed and he's 18 years old and got into a very prestigious university and still believed that women lay eggs like chickens. Isn't that so cool? Oh, I think of this man far too often because oh I just. God. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Like my family are like fundamentalist, evangelical, heavy Christians, <laughs> heavy. and they don't think that. I mean, my uncle did believe that women didn't fart <laughs> until his wife farted in front of him, and he was like, "What was that?" He was like, probably like, oh, Jésus-Christ, you know, but eggs, eggs. He legitimately believed women drop an egg. Now, what's very funny to me is now I just call, like, if I'm, I have an IUD, so like TMI for people, but I like never have a career. But if I do, I'm just like, oh, I feel like I'm dropping an egg because this man has inspired me. Oh, Oh, yeah. That is the ignorance that we're dealing with. That is how little men know about the female form. Um, Did he write my Easter book? (laughs) No, but like that's what when you were reading your story, uh, all I kept thinking was like, just don't bring it up, Julie. Just don't make this about you. Just let Renee tell her story. But that is 100% what I thought of. So if you folks listening to this have not listened to our Easter episode, please do. Because it's about people breeding and all kinds of fucked up egg situations. But this young man would have been like, oh, I don't know why this is weird. This is 100% what women do. Yeah. Wow. But you again. Know, what, yeah. what else lays eggs is dinosaurs, Julie. Oh, 100 fucking percent. And let's just get into it, bud. Because I read I one of the f- most fucked up things I've ever read in my entire oh, life. Oh, yes. But this is what I can't figure out. Okay. And okay. I don't know the answer. I don't have an answer to it. What I've ascertained from gleaning on the old interwebs is I think this guy is trying to do Chuck Tingle, but there's no kind of wink wink, which is what I love about Chuck Tingle, which is it's cuckoo bananas, but there's always like a wink wink. It's supposed to be cuckoo, but also it's still hot and like weirdly very tender and consensual and lovely. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was not that. And I intent, I, I oscillated because I was like, I should just do a Chuck Tingle. People love Chuck Tingle. Got to give the people what they want. But mm-hmm. I thought I'll just, I'll just try and see if someone else is doing dinosaur erotica. And there is, yeah, there is. There's a man named Hunter Fox. Okay. Uh, Hunter Fox writes gay erotica. So there is a book called Nailed by Dragons. There is Forced Gay by a Merman and His Friends. That's the true title of one. <laughs> gay, lo- <laughs> gay Lord of the Arcs. Now, because I am a hillbilly from a small town, when I hear Gay Lord, I think of like how that was a horrible slur that was like thrown yes. around. Right? When were you growing up? Did you also hear like yeah. people being called a gay lord? Yeah. Yeah. So like Kudos to Hunter Fox for bringing it back. But according to this, I'm going to say, completely fake and made up bio that he has up on his Amazon site, is he is a graduate of UCLA School of Theater, Film, and TV. He wrote stories for fun and is now trying to make it his main hustle. So I read T-Rex Made Me Gay. 
by Haunter Fox. Okay. And let me tell you. Ready. Let me tell you. Okay. So, Harper is easily the best archer in his village. Okay. So you're already kind of like, okay, this is like prehistoric times. Keeps being propositioned by <laughs> a real hussy named Julia. <laughs> and she's literally a princess, but she acts like a princess, but she is thirsty as fuck and constantly trying to hook up with him, constantly trying to get him to propose to her because he's the best archer in town and everybody supports this. The king wants this to happen. They're like, oh my God, match made in heaven. And he's just not vibing with her. Thinks she's too thirsty. Can't have it. One morning, Harper wakes up to the warning bells in town and sees people running for the hills and hears someone yell, there was a T-Rex spotted. There was a T-Rex spotted. So you're like, okay, this is people living back in the day, presume, make believe that there were people at the same time as dinosaurs. Okay. So he wants to go up there and slay the T-Rex. And as he's going to do it, he, um, the king's son has already mm. headed towards the dinosaur. Oh. The king's son's name is Jeremiah. And what I love about Jeremiah is he's basically a himbo. He's like, really, <laughs> he's really hot. He's really jacked, but he's really stupid and really inept. But all the women love him. And Harper hates him. So Harper's pissed that this Jeremiah guy is going to like steal his thunder. Because he's like, you're not going to do it properly. You don't actually know how to do anything. And I could just go slay this guy, be the hero, la di da So he's running towards the T-Rex, beats up with Jeremiah. And Jeremiah says, don't worry, dude. I scared him away. Don't need to worry. And then he bounces. Harper is not convinced that this T-Rex is not going to come back. So he's like, I'm just going to hang out here. I have a feeling he's going to come back. So he's kind of lounging, waiting. It's a hot day. He gets really sleepy. He falls asleep. He wakes up and decides, oh, there's like a beautiful bubbling brook nearby. I'm going to strip down and I'm going to just go for a little dip. Inexplicably starts <laughs> thinking about T-Rexes in a sexual way. So he's jerking himself off in this <laughs> bubbling brook because he keeps thinking about the myth that T-Rexes are beasts in the sack. So I he's mean. just... I mean, those little arms, no, no, it's not, it's not a thing. There's no way. So <laughs> he somehow is just like, yes. And he's like hard and jerking himself off. Then he hears like thump, thump, thump. And he's like, oh no, there's a T-Rex coming. But then when the T-Rex comes out of the trees and faces him, he's like, ooh, that T-Rex looks thirsty. <laughs> and so he's like, I think it's a horny T-Rex. I think he wants to fuck me. So then he gets out of the water, approaches the dino. The dino just has a raging heart on. Harper just starts blowing the dinosaur. Oh. Then the dinosaur blows him. Then the dinosaur fucks him. Then the dinosaur just jizzes all over him. And immediately, all I can think of is in that scene in Jurassic Park where the fucking brontosaurus or whatever it is, like, sneezes on the kid and the kid goes flying. <laughs> so I pictured him just being, gah, like, attacked with goo, kind of like how a Newman gets fucking sprayed in Jurassic Park. So he's covered in cum from a dinosaur. And then he finds that extremely hot. So then he starts jerking himself off again. Um, and then the T-Rex gets hard again. So the T-Rex 
fucks him again, comes inside him. He's just oozing with cum and then basically just like winks and leaves. And that is the story. Well, so (laughs) couldn't tell if it was trying to take it seriously. I think it wasn't, but the writing was not terrible. So this person has some writing chops. There weren't that many like little typos and stuff, which usually, as you know, and as our listeners know, when it's self-published, sometimes it's a little bit dicey, but it actually wasn't too, too bad. Was it hot though? Fuck no. And that's the thing. (laughs) Chuck Tingle can write funny cuckoo banana shit, but it's still spicy. Yeah. Not this. So I'm giving this zero out of five green jello shots. The reason being, all I can think of is that scene in Jurassic Park where she's going to eat her green jello and then it starts shaking. (laughs) (laughs) And jello is not spicy to begin with. So that's how bland this thing was. Uh, I also debated doing zero out of five Barbasol cans because of that scene in Jurassic Park. Basically, I have zero dinosaur references other than Jurassic Park, and I've only ever seen the first Jurassic Park, so I literally have two hours of (laughs) real content (laughs) in my head, and it's the only dinosaur knowledge I have. Um, But I was really hoping that, like, especially because there was all this subtext with, like, Jeremiah the himbo, I was like, oh, in searching for a dinosaur, they're going to be gay together. That's, like, where I was going with it, and I'm like, okay, okay, I like queer shit. No, he had to fuck the dinosaur. And there was no discussion of, like, how that was possible, considering a T-Rex is so fucking ginormous and its arms are so far away from its dick. I don't know anything. Like, I don't understand the logistics of how this happened. But he got fucked every which way by this Mm -hmm. dinosaur. And T-Rex made me gay did not happen to me. But that is a story by Hunter Fox. Tell me about your story, Renee. Um, okay, I just, I just Googled, um, how big was a T-Rex penis? Oh. For you? Yes. Um, no one knows. It may have had a 10-inch penis or a 12-foot-long one. No one knows. Oh. Oh, But there is, um, something here that, um, paleontologists estimate the size of a Tyrannosaurus Rex penis to have been around 12 feet long. Oh my god! I mean, I'm yeah. a size queen, I won't lie, but that is a lot. <laughs> bigger than my house. Yeah. <laughs> there we have it. Now, Dick for um, days and ass for weeks. What did you read, Renee? Um, I read a little something called um, <laughs> Wet Hot Diddy? Allosaurus Summer. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Wet Hot Allosaurus <laughs> Summer. Subtitle here is She was a country girl looking for excitement He was an apex predator theropod Um, And it was written by Lola Faust Nothing else by Lola Faust At all Um, No profile, nothing Um, And the book that I read actually has A second book in it um, And then sex serps from A full catalog, sex secrets And dinosaur love tips So was it was a neat little read i did not read the second story because i'm going to save it for another time because i hope we come back to do dinosaurs again oh i don't but let's talk about it (laughs) so 
my book, surprisingly enough, was set in Alberta. Which oh. Yeah, Alberta, for those of you who don't know, is a dinosaur fossil hotspot. We have a lot of dinosaurs and Albertosaurus here. We actually have um, one of the most um, intact dinosaur fossils in the world here. You can see, like, the feathers on it. Um, it's like a mummy, basically. It's pretty cool. I've seen it. And... Um, yeah, Alberta's really horny for dinosaurs. Oh, so my yeah. one of my favorite parts of going we to have, the Badlands. Yeah, um, we have dinosaurs on our licenses. So, yeah, just we have yeah lots of cool stuff. Albertosaurus, all that fun stuff. But my story was about an Allosaurus. So Tannis is um, the daughter of a rancher, and she lives in the foothills of Alberta. What do they ranch? I don't know. Be <laughs> um, being the foothills, I imagine maybe it's just like rocks or like maybe they sell ice cream cones and drum heller i don't know um <laughs> but uh tennis is 18 years old and uh, she lives with her father and her brothers and um she's obsessed with dinosaurs like she loves dinosaurs now dinosaurs exist in this world because decades before um scientists i suppose um were able to bring them back to life using dna from rocks now, the first generation of dinosaurs lived in zoos like animals, but then a biologist noticed that they were working in like colonies and groups together and using tools. And he's like, wait, they're probably not stupid lizards. Um, so then these giant multinational conglomerates sponsored dinosaur to work programs. Um, so the dinosaurs learned to basically be miners or whatever but since this is alberta this book explains that they went to work in the oil sands so whoever lola faust is i imagine they're very pro oil sands and like anti-trudeau so there we have it um but in this in during this um you know dinosaur to work program they uh became you know more domesticated and integrated into the workforce and um what they started to do then was to implant um these like uh, I don't know things into the infant dinosaur so that they could communicate telepathically with humans because I guess they have language as well. So, um, so Tannis is obsessed with dinosaurs. She likes to go up on her roof at night and like draw them. But her father hates dinosaurs. We don't know why. Um, I like to imagine that like maybe a dinosaur took his job on a rig somewhere. Um, you know, and he's just like an anti-masker and he just hates dinosaurs stealing our jobs. Um, and so he found out that, you know, his daughter was drawing pictures of the dinosaurs and he was really pissed. And he's like, they're going to dig our graves one day. Blah, blah, blah. So, so she has to love dinosaurs in secret. She's never been near a dinosaur. She would love to be, but that's where we're at. Tennis also doesn't know she's beautiful, which is important to this story. Yeah. Um, just like such a common beautiful. a common romance trope right like oh. yes and as lola faust describes she knows nothing of her own beauty but she knows the beauty of dinosaurs so one evening lola is on her roof drawing and she's like pitching you know rocks and stuff off the roof into the yard and she decides to climb down but as she does she sees a leg and it's a dinosaur leg and she's like oh shit what does this mean and it's then that she meets an Allosaurus. And at this moment, she's like, not quite sure if she should be scared or if, um, you know, 
she should be excited. Um, she's like, is he going to eat me? Is he going to mate with me? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And so she, the, the way that the dinosaurs can communicate with humans is by touching their heads and then they can communicate. And she's really excited to do this because she's never been able to talk to a dinosaur. And um, so he goes over and he touches her head and he's like, I've been noticing you too, Tannis. So she has a stalker. It's a dinosaur. Whatever. Rude. Um, like in Jurassic Park, right? Like those little mm -hmm. raptors or whatever stalking that little girl. And that's gave me nightmares for years, but she's into it. Um, so she's just like, oh my God. Okay. And so she's kind of like hanging out with this dinosaur and he starts licking her and she's, she's a virgin. So she's, um, doesn't understand why her, her panties are a little wet, but it's happened to her only twice before while riding horses. Um, which you do in Alberta. If you don't, if when you come to Alberta, they give you a horse. Um, <laughs> it's just how it is. Yeah, and then they take it away, and they're like, "Save a horse, ride a cowboy." And then they give you like, um, yeah, a bumper sticker that's like, "Fuck Trudeau." Uh, with some that's, truck nuts. With some truck nuts, yeah. Which is what they gave to Oprah Winfrey when she came to visit, and I am appalled. And embarrassed for my province. It's not as even my province. Should I just be, honestly, here. as you should be, seriously. Yeah. Gross. I doubt she's returned since, but um, <laughs> Michelle Obama came. So, I mean, maybe she didn't hear about it. Or maybe she gave us another chance because she's so forgiving. But I digress. So, um, so she's getting licked up by this dinosaur and she's like really into it. Um, and then she hears, Tannis, get down. And she looks at it's her dad with his shotgun. And she's like, no. And so she like jumps in front of this Allosaurus because she's like in love with it now. And she takes the shot. She takes, she gets shot by her father right in the arm. And this Allosaurus is like, and he's all mad. And he's like, going to go kill the dad. And she's like, no, don't. And he's like, you would have him live. And she's like, yes. So he picks up Tannis and books it out of there. He just runs away with his little Tannis in his arms. So the, the father and the, and the sons try to chase after her and they're like shooting their guns. But they miss the they miss the dinosaur. And then finally they take um, a moment to stop and catch their breath. And they fuck. They fuck. And, you know, she's really nervous. She didn't know how it was going to go um, because she was a virgin and never met a dinosaur, but was super open to um, having sex with this Allosaurus. Goes pretty well. She's pretty into it. Um, and she's happy. Sorry, my dog's not about this story. Um, she's she's an Alberta native, which is important to know. Um, so after they're done having sex and the Allosaurus just like comes all over the place, um, they're like snuggling and she's like, what is it? What's the matter? And he's like, I'm, I'm just so hungry. And she's like, that's okay. Like, it's okay. You can tell me. And he's like, well, I just really like the taste of your blood because her arm was still bleeding. So she looks at her arm, Julie, and she's like, oh, it's dead and gray. Anyway, you can eat it. And uh, he, does. he eats her dead arm. He eats her dead arm. So she's fine. Like it doesn't get infected or anything. So that's good. But as they, they continue to run and she's like, where are we going? And he explains, well, you know, there is a dino human love sanctuary across the Canadian border. And that's where I'm taking you so we can live together and be happy. And she's like, yes, my dreams are coming true. Um, although in her dreams, she turned into a dinosaur and that's not going to happen for her in this book. So they're running and she's, you know, sleeping in his arms but then she wakes up she gets a little horny and they fuck again but they do a dino dinosaur 69 there's a 69 in this book oh god we have talked about our 
disdain for 69 but yeah but you know dinosaur 69 okay okay just like yeah she you know what it was all right i didn't the dinosaur wasn't expecting it at all he was like wow this is a treat for me what a treat <laughs> and she was just like yeah and then so he just like went to town on her and she's you know she couldn't put the dinosaur penis in her mouth right so she's just kind of like what do i do with this um this isn't an apple like on my farm uh, apples don't grow here well by the way and yeah then he's like but i need to be in you so then they bang it out again and she's very happy so finally they make it to the um love sanctuary and um it only takes two days to run there so like I, they're really south um in alberta um and then as they're running he puts her down and you know she sees like the big uh, it's fist there like the big building out in the distance and this woman comes running out, like waving, and her hair's all over the place. And the dinosaur just like takes off and runs up to her, and then picks her up, rips off her clothes, and then goes and fucks her in a bush. And Tannis is like, "Pardon me," um, and she's like, "What? What is happening? What's happening right now?" And this other woman comes out, and she's like, "Oh well, dinosaurs just love differently than we do. This is perfectly normal." And um, it's okay. He doesn't love you less. So basically, Tannis has gone from being a virgin farm girl in the foothills of Alberta, who um, ends up at a fucking polyamorous love commune where she's with a dinosaur and who's uh, unfaithful to her. That's how it ends. And um, it was weird. It was a weird little. I you know what? It was it was good and it was exactly what I expected. I was hoping it was going to be at a summer camp. Um, that's what I was hoping. It was not that at all, but. It was okay. And then he ate her arm. And I was like, that was unnecessary. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is spicy. This is spicy. And then um, he ate her arm. It was consensual, though. She's like, yeah, you know what? Eat it. Um, so spiciness. It, yeah. No, you know what? It's fine. It's fine, Julie. It was dead. It was dead and gray. I wouldn't want to haul around a dead arm. I mean, they were only running for two days. So Renee, I don't understand why Renee, like, she this, could have hung on. This podcast has ruined us, but you in particular. Because we have reached a point now where you're like, yeah, that tracks. No, it doesn't, Renee. Listen. Our we collectively, holder. as a society, are collectively shaming Army Hammer because he isn't a fantasizing about cannibalism. He's also like a shitty fake dom who just likes to use being a dom as an excuse to be abusive to women. But his name's Army Hammer. And not enough people talk about it and it makes me upset. I'm like, motherfucker has the same name as a box of baking soda and we just act like this is fucking normal. Oh my god, but- where's Army's armies? And his sleeve is like, go fuck yourself. I hate it. Oh, he's garbage, but it's because he's literally the grandson of a billionaire oil tycoon. He's like a fucking Monopoly character. But he <laughs> he's like into sexting with women about his love of cannibalism, and people are like, ooh, and I don't like to yum people's like yuck people's yum, but Renee, yeah. this what? was erotica that involved eating of an arm. Okay, but so this tell wasn't me. this wasn't cannibalism because he was, was an apex dog- predator. I understand. But I want now I want to know, do you think this was an attempt at being spicy or is this someone no. trying to do some Chuck Tingle stuff? No, this was not a Chuck Tingle story at all. It was I've read so many stories of 
people um fucking animals people fucking shifters people fucking giant <laughs> spiders the mothman i haven't read the mothman yet but like i hope i do soon um <laughs> like slender man like evil clowns like i've read it all and there's a big difference between satire like wit slorp and chuck tingle and people writing these stories this was not satire it was it was a story it about was a woman. it was absolutely and you know what? Like the arm thing didn't bother me. I didn't expect it. I did not expect it. <laughs> and now that I'm telling the story and I'm telling you that they only ran for two days, I feel like the arm meeting was unnecessary, but it made sense to Tannis. And that's what matters. That's what matters. Okay. Um, okay. You know what? I'll, the sex scene was pretty spicy. I'll give it five out of five dinosaur chicken nuggets. Oh, right. yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't lose a point for the R meeting. Like I, maybe I am desensitized. I. It didn't bother me. Nothing about this was, you know, <laughs> was like unconsensual. Except I was really mad for Tannis at the end, where I was like, "You fucking gave this man your arm, and he didn't even have the balls to tell you he married." Yeah. Like that he brought her to a sister wife situation, and that will not stand. No, it won't. No, it won't. Because no. it's only polyamorous if everyone is informed. Yeah, and since I'm so obsessed with fucking Handmaid's Tale, he brought her to a Gilead, but with dinosaurs. And I oh. hope she burns it to the ground. Hard same. Hard same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Um, yeah. It's all right. So are you going to read us something? Yeah, I'm going to read a sex scene. And then after you're done reading your bit, I'm going to read you a couple of the um, dino love tips at the end of the book, just for fun. Oh, yes, please do. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to learn the dinosaur's name. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Here we go. Pain burned her shoulder. He touched her forehead. What do I call you? She asked. We don't really have names, he said, but you can call me Big Al. <clears throat> she repeated the name out loudly and telepathically, Big Al. It was so beautiful to her, so simple. She couldn't believe she was... Here in a field with a dinosaur, her dinosaur, Big Al. Big Al popped her buttons easily with his talons. He tore off her pants like they were made of paper. Tennis had never been naked in front of a man before, never mind a man dinosaur. She tried covering herself with her uninjured arm, but he pinned it against the cold earth and, with one fluid motion, ran his tongue from her injured shoulder down to her hip. Tannis gasped. He slid his tongue back up her body with extreme tenderness, like a hot summer breeze. With the tip, he drew circles on her neck, working his way from the base of her ear to her collarbones. Every touch uh, made her tingle. He traced her breasts, circling her nipples, which leapt up. They hardened with a pleasure that was almost painful. Big Al continued down her body, licking her belly and inner thighs. He kissed her ankles. With his strong jaw, he pushed apart her legs. Her thighs quivered. He licked her ardently, like she was the most delicious thing in the entire world. Tannis felt her whole body melt. He grasped her butt with his talons, tasting her deeper and deeper. Pleasure moved through her in waves, rippling. With his tail, he grabbed her around the waist and lifted her up so that she was face to face with him. He held her to his chest. She could feel his warmth and his power, his love emanating. He lowered her onto his sex. She felt it massive, rubbing against her own warm wetness. He slid her up and down along it, wetting himself. Then he entered. His talons dug into her shoulders, forcing her down to accept all of him inside of her. She felt like she was going to be torn apart from his size and also from the intensity of her own pleasure. 
Then he pushed deeper. This sentence ends with her saying, he was churning her insides into a soft, satisfying butter. And that's where I'm going to leave it for you today, Julie. Hmm. If you want to read more, it's available um, for free in Kindle Unlimited. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Yeah, and somebody actually recommended this book to me last October, and it's been sitting in my Kindle Unlimited um, all this time. So, and also there's pictures. There's like little dinosaurs. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Not. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to read you a tinsy bit of T-Rex Made Me Gay by Hunter Fox. I'm ready. As per usual, we say this every episode, but you're going to want to head to our socials on Instagram and on Twitter to see the covers of these books because they are just a toot toot right on the old hot mess express. <laughs> so... I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to read you basically the only non-filthy part of this book. <clears throat> so they've just finished their, like, bangerang, and I'm going to tell you how I envision. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to tell you how I envision this playing out. So. Okay. <clears throat> Almost immediately, the T-Rex came inside of me. I was completely filled with his cum, and when he pulled out of my ass, it began dripping out of me and down my legs. I got up and hopped back into the stream and washed myself off. The T-Rex and I made eye contact again, and I knew that from then on, he wouldn't be bothering my village anymore. (laughs) He had gotten what he wanted and would now leave us be. He turned and walked back into the bushes and away from Windir. That's the name of the town. I got dressed and swung my quiver and bow back over my shoulder. Jeremiah and a few of his fellow warriors came running up the hill a few seconds later. Harper, Harper, he yelled. Are you okay? Where is the T-Rex? He continued out of breath. He and the others were wildly looking around. He won't be coming back. Don't worry. I took care of him, I said, pushing past the men and walking back to my village. Now, when he gets bangeranged by this fucking T-Rex <laughs> and then just basically makes eye contact and walks away all i could think of is that'll do pig like (laughs) (laughs) yes yes that is all i could think of and that movie is sacrosanct to me it is a precious like babe is such a powerful movie that makes me sob like a motherfucker every time i see it but i literally just kept picturing the farmer tipping his hat being like the t-rex is like Top of the morning to ya! And just hops on away. <laughs> Whoo! Yeah, that was T-Rex oh. made me gay, which it did not make me gay. It did make me wet. It gave me nothing in the pants because it <laughs> was not hot. It was just, again, not yucking people's yums. I know. I mean, I'm a tall femme woman. The amount of men that I have encountered in my life who have, like, Gi- giant fetishes you know like i would climb her like a tree and shit like that yeah. i'm aware that they exist because i have been the subject of that fetish for many years but getting banged by a t-rex can't say that's ever come across my mind I'm not gonna just straight up and i'm someone who loves going to you know drum heller looking at some dead dinosaur bones i'll watch me some jurassic park but fuck that i am not fucking them period no. You know, now, like, as a, as a thick woman, like, now is my time. Um, we live in an age where, like, you can be rotund or, like, teapot-shaped and, like... Still catch yeah. a D? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, do I have any interest of ever having a man in my life? Again, no, probably not. Um, 
just because they're they're babies. But um, I did have a friend, and he told me he's from Jamaica. He said, "Girl, you are thicker than grits," and that meant something <laughs> to me. But on the topic of dinosaur bones, like if somebody gave me bones, like that's my fetish. Like, give me your bones. Give me Ooh. teeth. Give me stuff to make a curse jar with. Am I Baba Yaga? Yes. Do I want to murder you? Yes. Will I help women through the forest? Yes. Like I, that's who I am. That's what I'm about. But give me your body parts. Yeah. Not in a cannibal, not in a cannibal way. Like I, I don't want an arm. No. Me, I do not want an arm. To be clear, Army Hammer, yeah. we're not taking your calls, sir. No. So step no. off. But no. yeah, I mean, dinosaur bones. I mean, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Northern Ontario where everyone in my family hunts and fishes and traps. My uncle's a big deal trapper. His entire basement mm-hmm. is taxidermy animals. I am uncomfortable. Like, it just creeps me out. I find it creepy. But that's because we are the perfect yin and yang of you are the goth mom. And I am the woman who should be a performer on a children's TV show. I'm like yeah. the Wiggles personified. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we work well together. But uh, I'm very scared of the dark. Not literally, but metaphorically, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable in those spaces. But um, I respect the work of paleontologists. But I also respect the like people who make beautiful art from like carcasses and mm. teeth and like it's 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 an art. It is an art, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But it is not my jam. So get your fucking bones away from me. I don't want to catch a bone from a dinosaur. I don't want to be fucked by a prehistoric animal. Hard no. If anybody wants to send me um, a gift or like legal taxidermy or teeth, um, you can go to skullstore.ca. It's in Toronto. They have curbside pickup, <laughs> and you can buy you can buy human teeth there at two dollars a tooth. But sometimes they have sales, and they're like a dollar a tooth. Oh my god! And you can just send that to me. They also have like um, real human skeletons from like um, like medical schools from a long time ago, which were probably taken um, from disenfranchised and marginalized folks whose nobody claimed their bodies, which I don't really. Uh, love and support but if you want to send me a skull like i'll I'll take a skull like wow i'm not beggars can't be choosers but no anyway, that's that's skull store don't <laughs> you can you can reach out to me for my mailing address um, um and if you want couple... to sponsor us they are more than welcome to sponsor our mm. podcast yes please read oh me God, the dinosaur facts in that book I, I have two dino love tips for you oh dino love tips that's what it was yes yeah okay so advice here's... from a dinosaur hit me Dino tip love, uh, dino love tip number 13. So there is a prevalence of rough sexual play in your nesting colony. It's important to know the rules before going in. Before embarking on any nest intrusion fantasy, make sure you discuss safe words in advance. Try not to make it something everyday like rawr. Instead, choose something you wouldn't normally say at the moment like pineapple or spatula. Uh, Dino love tip number 212. Try a sex game where you trade off. Elizabeth Wright, a licensed psychotherapist, sex therapist, and triceratops, suggests stop and start. You set a timer on your phone for four minutes where you have that amount of time to do anything to your partner, ranging from small nibbles to gorging on on your horns. Once the time's up, you switch places and the giver becomes the receiver and vice versa. Fun little tips. Thank you for that. From me. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on finding a book that was entertaining 
uh, included images and fun facts. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and the that- cover is outstanding. Top oh. five favorite covers. Oh, wow. That's high praise. That mm-hmm. is high praise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we're, we're really hitting the people with a strong one up uh, out the gate with our uh, coming back onto the potty. So yeah. excellent choice on choosing dinosaurs. I would not have chosen this. Excellent, excellent choice. <laughs> <laughs> and if folks are curious what direction we're taking things in next week, it's going to get just as freaky because we're doing pulp. Back to our roots. We're going to go back to our roots. We're going to read some old school, like doesn't even have a barcode on it yet. Pulp um, that we dug and found because we are thrifty and we are tenacious. So next week, it could be supremely weird. It could be the most tender love story we've ever read. We don't know. That is the joy of reaching back into the old archives. Mm -hmm. And we haven't picked like a pulp theme like we did last time. We're just grabbing whatever we want so i'm excited yeah and we're not chatting with each other first so you're gonna get a live reaction from us um (laughs) next episode so make sure to stick around and download our next episode when it drops i'm so grateful to be talking with you again renee oh my god i'm so happy we're back I'm so, so happy. happy we're back. As usual, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us there. Also, check out the covers of the books this week. A real, a real journey. <laughs> um, and I'm so excited to see the cover of yours because if you're saying it's one of the top five covers you've seen in this entire time we've been doing this podcast, that is that is saying a lot. So I'm very oh, excited. You're gonna love it. You're gonna I'm love so it. excited. Ah. Uh, I feel I feel good. I feel good. I'm glad we're back. Do you want to sing us out? I've read. <sighs> yes, for old time's sake. Ravage love. Ravage love. Ah, uh, yes. Bye. <laughs> Bye. was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS the number two J show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Oh, 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 oh.